care more number about one that for sure this is a shocker yeah i want to say this is this may be the most wanted surprise of the year yeah uh, although we, got, we heard some chatter, some positive reviews elsewhere. One of our guys had it in the bag in the spring and was like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. What is up, everybody? How you living? No putts given. Tony, Chris, Golf Spy T, Golf Spy C on the interwebs if you want to find us there. We're back. Tony, how was your weekend? It could have been better. It could have <laughs> been better. Let's just leave it at that. Leave it there. We're just going to leave it there. Roughly 7% fact of the day, Tony. Roughly 7% of all humans who have ever lived are alive today, right this minute, right now. Anyway, speaking about your weekend, did you catch any of the USAM in my backyard at Cherry Hills? Nope. nope. Final match, Tony. It was crazy. So Nick Dunlap, Alabama kid, and then my personal favorite, the fan favorite, Shipley, who had some long hair, more of a robust figure, doesn't necessarily <laughs> look like your prototypical you know, maybe super well-groomed collegiate golfer or whatever. Phenomenal last match. It was super fun to watch, but Shipley couldn't quite get it done. Dunlap, I believe, second player ever to win both the U.S. Junior Am and the U.S. Am. The other name on that list? Eldrick. Eldrick Tiger. So it's interesting. But <laughs> I talked to some people down at Cherry Hills, and on, on one of the days, it was maybe Wednesday or Thursday, I think it was Thursday, 1960, Cherry Hills, Arnold Palmer wins the U.S. Open, drives the first green, which is a par four at that time in history. A big deal. So they had players hitting persimmon woods and things off the first tee. Try to recreate the shot, that kind of stuff. Who shows up, Tony? Who crashes the party? Who needed some attention? Big Bison. Big Bison. Big Bryson DeChambeau. Now my hunch, Tony, is it possibly has tweaked something we put out <laughs> on social media last week. We can post that up here, but just looking at, you know, who were the Longer hitters on live uh, or longest drive distance rate on live versus PGA tour. And it wasn't Bryson, was it? He apparently took exception to not being listed first overall as the biggest hitter on live. Despite the fact that the data came right off the live website. So say, if he's it's got just a, numbers, he's got a beef. It's not with us. <laughs> it's like you go in and uh, you know, you get mad at the doctor who measures you at six one. You're like, Nope, I'm six three. Like, well, no, you're not. Just uh, you know, maybe, maybe somebody forgot to carry the one over there. I don't know. Hovland, good lord, BMW, Olympia Fields, Victor Hovland. This is one of the greatest rounds. People aren't talking about sixty-one. The course record was shot like twice over the weekend, a couple sixty-twos, and then Hovland goes scorched earth on the back nine on Sunday, shoots twenty-eight, wins it by one. What? Hovland, slow down. Give everybody else a chance. And we have to talk about Ryder Cup because that's what everybody's talking about. So we got our six qualifiers, right? People Is that coming up now? 12. Are we almost hey, there? I think we got oh, we got weeks, a tour championship weeks. this week, right? So. Tour championship this week. I know you won't be tuned in, but I will. I will uh, and then, yeah, and then Ryder Cup, not that far off over in Italy. Top six automatic qualifiers as of close of business yesterday. Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantley, Max Homa, and Xander Schauffele. That leaves... As we said before, six available spots. So of these six names, Tony, you're going to tell me which six you think should be on the team. We have Spieth, Cam Young, Morikawa, Kepka, DJ, Big Bison, Bryson, Ricky, Fowler, Keegan, Bradley Sanburns, JT, Justin Thomas, Lucas Glover, and Denny McCarthy. You can only so pick I six. You, you got to take that first four. You got to take Smith, Young, Morikawa, and Kepka. Okay. So you're – okay. So Spieth, those okay, four. So we got Spieth. 
We got Cam Young. We got Morikawa. We got Kepka. All right, so you got room for two remaining. Who are you taking? Man, I think Ricky Fowler is probably next on my list. Okay. Um, you know, he's, he's playing well enough, and there is, there's a sentimental component to that. We love Ricky. And then, oh, man, I think, it's, I think it's Keegan. I think it probably is Keegan Bradley. We've talked about this two weeks running. I can't make the case for JT right now. I know. Um, I know. You could make a case for Lucas Glover. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take Keegan right now, but then we'll see, right? Because Tour Championship, that's uh, – I can't call it a big one. I know it's all contrived and whatnot, but it's big-ish. It's golf. It's competitive golf. We'll see how things shake out coming down the stretch here. Yeah, that's where I am. That's where I am right now, today, at this moment. The only thing I'm going to change on you there. I like Spieth, I like Morikawa, and you have to have Kepka in there. I'm all aboard on those three. After that, I think people should remember it's not just it's a team, right? So the first six, it's not like the person seventh on the list, eighth, ninth necessarily should have a better chance than the person who's twelfth. Okay, the first six are automatic, and then. That's why they call them captain's picks, right? It's entirely up in the air. So I think you can make a case for a number of people on that list, but the strongest cases for me, Fowler, I'm all in on Ricky. If you want to say you ride the hot hand, I see the Lucas Glover pick. I would like that pick. I would welcome that pick. My hesitation would be, historically, putting has been a weakness, and this tends to amplify the importance of every single shot and we saw i mean if you remember hunter mayhan's chili dip wedge from several Ryder cups back that's a shot that lives in infamy i would i would hate to see something like that happen to lucas glover after all he's come back trying from to jinx him what are you doing here no i just i i, I can't on. you know eh, i don't know and it kind of sets up the thing denny mccarthy is a phenomenal putter so if you're going hmm I can make it. I can make an art. It's not, but it, it's not. It's not like a gymnastics competition where you need somebody who's particularly <laughs> a, strong on the ball. A, like you it's still, not like you got to play like drive all the golf. It's not just like yeah, he's our he's our he's our putting specialist. We'll just bring him into work. It's not, it's not drive no. chip and putt, and you don't. No, no, just he's got to play all the golf, not just not just finishing up at the end. Okay, in that case, I like Fowler. I really, really like Sam Burns. He has been turning a corner as of late. I really like Sam Burns. He was one of the guys that shot 62 this week on a very difficult course. So those are the names I'm watching. It'll be interesting once we hear that. And as always, someone's going to feel left out and someone's going to be left out and someone's going to feel snubbed. I think that person this year is JT. I, I just not played well enough. Overall, all the golf. If you got to play all the golf, he's not played all the golf. Speaking of not playing well enough, was watching again. I want to get your input on this, Tony. Pro switching putters. They're trying to find something. We've seen guys go back and forth, and particularly two players, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy. you got Scotty, who is tailor-made staffer, but had been playing a Scotty Cameron. And then you have Rory, tailor-made staffer, who had been playing a tailor-made putter. They kind of switched things. They just take each other's? <laughs> Almost, right? you got a spider mallet, which Scotty Scheffler went to. He went away from the blade-style Cameron putter and still really struggled this week, last week. Rory went away from the tailor-made putter, mallet-style putter, to a Scotty Cameron mallet-style putter. What's going on? And what can we learn from this? What Your average person watching TV, watching the golf on the TV. Uh, I think it's... What does think, this tell, think does it tell us anything? I think I think it maybe is a little bit of a mythbuster. They have this idea of these that the pros are completely dialed in and intimately familiar with specs and know exactly what they want and need from their equipment and they're fit to the nth degree and blah, 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 blah. 
At the end of the day, they are mental dwarfs in some circumstances, just like the rest of us. And when putters act up, you replace them. You don't ask questions. And I think that's <laughs> what's going on here. So it's, you know, a little bit of just trying to find something that works without probably much in the way of science behind it, much in the way of fitting science anywhere from it, other than they're in some respects more like us than we think sometimes. Yeah. And it's really, really cheap to buy more lottery tickets when you don't have to pay for them. So go to the tour, say, hey, I want to try this, try this, duh. And it's not the same kind of financial burden, right? As somebody, hey, get fit for a putter, figure out what's going to work for you, why that is. I mean, is. We, we've heard, how many stories have there been over the years? Oh, this guy pulled it out of the garage or went through a secondhand store or pulled something off the racks at Dick's on his way to the golf course. So it's... Right. You know, Jim Furyk wins FedEx Cup with a, what, $39 yes putter. That one year was, you know, the hat on backwards and it was raining or whatever. It was, hey, you know, Furyk wins with a $39 putter. So yeah. don't take anything from it, people, other than they struggle just like you and I struggle at times. We're a week away, Tony, from ball test results coming out. I know people are interested. We keep teasing yeah. it, and we keep yeah. inching, inching toward it. We're going to do all the normal stuff. We'll talk more about it next week, how balls performed off driver and irons and some of these things. But we're also going to do some kind of fun case studies, some kind of A versus P, A, ver, a versus B, maybe. A, a versus B. Oh, yeah, I can skip know. right to P. <laughs> Let's do it. What? Good so B, C, D, all the others, yeah. <laughs> What are some of the case studies that people can look forward to us releasing in the next? Yeah, this will be future? a couple of interesting ones for sure. So I, I, we've probably mentioned, but we are doing a a full on comparative, a kind of a, a I'd say a little bit of a jacked swing wedge. The idea to really kind of crank the spin up and and then spray the balls with water and see what happens. A comparison, it's similar to what we've done with wedges, right? Does mm -hmm. are some balls better than others when they get wet? And we yeah. we expect to see sharp divides between urethane and ionomer and i think it's mm -hmm. fair to say we saw that although it's it doesn't matter what material you are if you start low spin then you're still going to be low spin so in that respect maybe you don't lose as much so but we got even, some wet wedge stuff yeah we got some yeah wet, and i think yeah. it's fascinating to see even significant differences between kind of run-of-the-mill major oems if you will right mm -hmm. some companies ionomer or excuse me urethane retain spin in wet conditions better than others and i, I didn't know necessarily that we'd expect to find that we're going to be taking a close look at the Pro V1, the yellow one versus the, the stock white to see if there are any differences okay. there. And that, that's proving interesting as well. Nuggets in there. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to break that down and not only with the big test really show you how everything stacks up across the market as a whole, but we'll start breaking it out and, and really simplifying, giving you a way to compare key, key performance characteristics within an individual lineup. So how does a Z-Star Diamond, for example, really compare to a Z-Star XV? If you're a Shrixon fan interested in Shrixon balls, if you're Mark's Crossfield, for example, whatever it happens to be, you just want that. Like, I'm going to be right here focused on the Shrixon <laughs> stuff. Just let me know within this small group, which one might be right for me based on what I'm looking for. We're going we're gonna to try mm -hmm. and do that as well. Yeah. yeah, so really, and I think with that, try to help people understand what might you know what might you need out of a golf ball because if everything is offers control around the green or offers exceptional green side control, etc. then nothing does. It's like having a TSA pre-check deal. It's, hey, if everybody has TSA pre-check, guess what? Nobody has TSA pre-check. So, so we're going to demystify some of that stuff and help, help people out with that for sure. One other quick question, Tony. I hear a lot about forged irons recently. We're, we were talking a little bit about some new stuff we know that is coming out, some stuff that's already launched, etc., what is a forged iron? Really? What do you want it to be? Like, what do you? What claim do you need to make? I think. I guess what should it be then? Yeah, I mean, right now, new... it's, if any part of the iron is forged, 
I think at this point, like you could forge the shaft and call it a forged iron. Forge um, the ferrule, slide it on maybe, there. Maybe oh. we forged the tungsten that we stuck in the toe, therefore the iron is forged, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, I'm, I believe in the Mizuno school of thought, right? Like, Which if, is? If the, if the part that hits the ball isn't forged, the iron isn't forged. But I like that. There are no guidelines here. I don't get to make the rules. It's just an opinion. What does that actually mean? Why is that interesting? Why should anybody care? We'll get there a couple episodes from now, but I like that school of thought too. I'm in on that one. If the part that you hit with the ball where it makes contact isn't forged, the club isn't forged. Face. Preferably the face and the neck in one piece. That is unenforceable in court, though. So Absolutely unenforceable. But in our court of Chris and Tony, it's enforceable, and we rule against people that aren't going to do it that way. All right, fairway Forged wood results. Puzzle. Forged. We got fairway wood, most wanted results out. Give me the rundown. Fifth place, fourth place. Let's do that. Uh, give me the rundown of the top five. We're going to count down from five to one. Five to okay. one. Five to one. Five What's to five? One. Number five, the tailor-made stealth two, no suffix. Tailor-made stealth two, no suffix in fifth place. In fourth place, Cobra LTDX. So last year's winner, tested again. Did so really last year's right. number one is this year's number four. That's pretty good for Cobra. I mean, in terms yeah, I mean, of... We've got some, we've got some high scores in this test, which typically means they've probably got some low ones in there as well. It's good. Number so three. It. Yep. This one, personal curiosity for me. Ping G430 LST. Um, the expensive one. The one that was late to market. The one everybody was waiting for if you were the kind of person who waits for Fairway Woods. The hybrid yeah. in this Fairway Woods seems to have performed really well for us as well. Seems like Ping has got it sorted out across the board now. Hey. Without yeah, Lookout is right. And in the second spot, TaylorMade Stealth 2 HD. HD. So, to, to, yeah, the forgiving one. Our favorite, the Stealth 2 Plus that we thought was really cool. Not uh, Didn't hit the board here. Not particularly surprising because that's uh, kind of a low spin. Maybe super better players type design. And uh, we'll talk about this more in a second. But it's interesting with how the fairway wood space doesn't necessarily get divided by manufacturers, but but gets divided by the reality of the golfer. So we can come back to that. I want to hear number more about one that for sure. This is a shocker. Yeah, I want to say this is this may be the most wanted surprise of the year. Yeah, I would uh, agree. we got we heard some chatter, some positive reviews elsewhere. One of our guys had it in the bag in the spring and was like, "I'm telling you, I'm telling you." So yeah, Wilson Dynapower. Dynapower. I mean, they couldn't. They didn't even fit all the letters on the sole. Dyna Purr on the sole, yeah, Dyna Power on the sticker, and yeah, wanted winning. I think John Barba, our, our esteemed colleague John Barba, even said something to the effect of, it's the only fairway wood I've ever hit that I didn't hate. Yeah, and that's, so, that's what I was getting at when I say the way, and it's interesting because when we look at the best overall categories, the way it broke out, best for forgiveness in this test, the PXG, yep. XF, not surprising. Those typically do really well in the forgiveness category. Best for distance. Stealth 2, the standard, best for accuracy, TSR 1, kind of makes sense. Then you get into the subjective stuff, testers thought, best for sound. They like the sound of the TSR 2, a little bit of a disconnect. They like the feel of the Stealth 2. Best looking, no surprise, TSR 3. I think it was the best looking driver as well. It's just really clean, kind of classic classic. shape, high gloss paint that some people still like. So I understand that. And then most likely, best for likelihood of purchase are, hey, Everything you tested, which one are you gonna most likely gonna go out and buy? Stealth two. So really strong showing for TaylorMade. Wilson, the winner. And as I was talking about or hinted at earlier, that this kind of divide in the in the market, and that's because you have 
probably fair to say two types of fairway wood players if we're going to get my brush out and paint with the broad strokes. And very simply, you have you have guys who can hit fairway woods and those who can't. <laughs> right. And I, realistically, you know, I've said for years, the three wood, and that's what we test. We test three woods. I would love to get to the right. point where we have time to, to do five woods and maybe even seven woods and mm -hmm. grow to the point where we're doing nine woods too. That would be fun. But for now, looking at three woods, I believe the hardest club in the bag to hit. Uh, yeah, and the, the LTTX coming back to that one too. And that's just, we know, built on the original LTD chassis. I mean, mm -hmm. that was, that was a fantastic yeah. fairway wood five however many years five still plus is. years ago it was still is still is so yeah and again so i think if you take that breakdown of average golfers who need forgiveness in their fairway woods i think this top five is certainly reflective of that and then if we go down the list and i'm just this is a curiosity for me i haven't gone down all the way to see like all right where do we get into something that i would consider to be a better a true better player design we're going down. So continuing on down the list, right? So we went mm -hmm. from Stealth 2. Now we go to TSR 1, to Paradigm X, MK2, the Shrixon, maybe, but still maybe. probably more on the forgiving side. Yeah. MG430 Max, SFT, yep. Torridge 723, Aerojet <laughs> Max. You got to yep. go all the way down. Now we're getting into the TSR 3, which is the one that's in my bag. I absolutely love it. That's fair yep. what I personally have ever hit. Me, yep. one guy, not a full test pool. That's the difference here. Yeah, we'll Four get into more kind of why that is in the after show. We're going to do a deeper dive on fairway wood testing, what you might want to look for if you're in the market for a fairway wood, maybe which category of player you fall into, and then kind of also looking at that. Like I said, we test three woods, but that doesn't tell right the whole story of how you might want to set up your bag in that space between driver and whatever your longest iron is. Maybe it's a four iron, maybe it's a five iron, maybe it's a six iron. So we'll get there. Ball Lab this week, Tony, you let the people vote on the interwebs and the Twitter people spoke. They said, we want Titleist Pro V1X. Any surprises or still like pretty no. much the best I mean, one it's, it's, it's I mean, a Titleist Ball Plant 3 golf ball. As the database yep. has grown, that high 90 score has become very, very, very difficult to achieve. So yeah, I mean, it's 85, uh, no bad balls, good for good rating for compression. So that's our above average, um, mm -hmm. above uh, average for diameter and weight Titleist is always average for weight um, i think that's a that's one where it's really tough to be more consistent than anybody else and then high end of the average range for diameter and so that's one where if we dump in a few more balls into the database and maybe they're below average that right could bump, that may kick that one up that could kick the pro v1x up to a 90 it's it's exactly what i would expect from a ball plant three ball and that's you know mm -hmm. it's boring but whatever it's Titleist, you get what you pay for it's boring and that's yeah get what you pay for it's what people expect and as we note as we go through the you're, it's getting much more difficult to achieve the ball quality award status so you have to reach a certain score based on the whole database at that designation of ball quality uh ball lab quality award and pro v1x achieve that correct it did yeah like you said that's kind of what you expect from titles why you're willing to pay a premium for titles if you do play titles golf balls and in no way shape or form did this one disappoint so good news people as expected as expected i like to think about golf clubs tony that i should never play sometimes i think about these clubs and we have a wet wedge test coming up we're you know, again I, we, we mentioned golf balls and testing conditions with a wedge making the golf ball but this one specifically we flipped it around we made the wedge added moisture right and there are some wedges that you should never play yeah, this, is, this is just one of those things where it's, Ever. I think, obviously, I, it's not I think. We can point to things and show you where moisture shedding is becoming 
more of a talking point in the wedge category. We go back, right? Ping's mm-hmm. been talking about a years with the glide and their hydrophobic, now hydrophobic 2.0. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're too far out from 3.0 because it's been a while. Finished mm-hmm. with Mizuno's done some stuff channeling water, talked about it mm-hmm. specifically. Taylor made with MG4s that just came out, very specifically yep. talking about how that wedge can reduce the impact or influence of uh, moisture when you are playing in those conditions. It's all about retaining spin. That's all ultimately what you want is consistency, right? In a perfect right. world, That's, yeah. if, if I flush a, a sand wedge in dry conditions and it spins 10,000 RPMs, in a right. perfect world, I flush that sand wedge in wet conditions and it still spins 10,000 RPMs and it still launches at the same angle, right? That's the other piece. Launch right. angles change as well. Um, so yeah, it's something to keep an eye on for sure. And when you see situations where wedges go, I don't have the hard numbers in front of me. We're still in the test, in the process, but in the test process, but we've got some preliminary data and you're seeing wedges that, that drop from uh, somewhere in the 9,000 range. That's probably typical for our, our player testing on a full wedge to mm-hmm. sub 3,000 spinning in some cases less than a driver. Yeah, right. that's that Those is, are the wedges is, you should never put. That's a failure of engineering and manufacturing. Tony, are you feeling fast? No. Good. Then we'll do a moderated version of speed golf. You don't have to get, I don't want you to have to stretch out or pull anything anyway. But question one, here we go. Five questions on the docket. Answer them as quickly as you feel you can without hurting yourself. How often do you re-grip your own golf clubs? <laughs> just get new right irons. Now? <laughs> usually, uh, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I've been an MCC plus four midsize guy for a while. Comfortable there. MCC Although as I get four. older, starting to think about maybe trying the squishy ones. But oh, if I could get so like the a, arthritic ones, get you some of those big arthritic ones. Something a little squishier. We'll see. I'm not there yet. I'm a I'm an MCC just midsize, straight midsize. Love it. And the reason I was going to ask you is I just regripped a club the other day, one of the wedges, and it had been a while. Why did you regrip maybe... a wedge? We've talked about this. I know. I sent a message to some of our Vokey people, and I'm still waiting or something. But I, I, I needed a new a new grip. I played with a lot, practiced with it a lot. It's time time for a new I'm grip. Probably, and I was like, Ooh. unfamiliar with practice. I don't Absolutely. Anyway. Speaking of which, getting old and sore and those things. Are you a massage gun guy, Tony? You a big massage Absolutely. gun guy? Yeah. Me too. I do you have a favorite one? I I have a Theragun because they sent it to me, and I have a Hypervolt because it was in like one of a media package thing. I'm definitely of those two. I'm more of a Theragun guy. More of a Theragun guy. Yeah, I love the feeling of being punched by the fist of a thousand tiny babies. It's, yeah, that's good stuff. You use it on your calves? I'm telling you, I tell everybody, the calves. The calves are where uh, the magic happens. You beat on uh-huh. your calves, and then you're just like walking on air. You'll never feel so light. Anyway. I love it. Great answer. We are headed, a couple of us, not you, but I am, headed out to Studio B, the new opening. Screw you too, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you weren't invited. Bettinardi. who I am. Bettinardi, new tour fitting studio looks pretty cool i'm just going to throw it out there if people have questions you want us to cover something post it in the comments and let chris know i was not invited i'm not yeah. going no and if you let tony know he won't tell me so let us know okay. this week brandall went off he just eviscerated a number of players specifically phil mickelson and to a degree patrick cantley but one of the things he said about phil was that because of all of this inclusive he felt that phil should be kicked out have his ticket revoked from the Golf Hall of Fame. Agree or disagree? Oh, man, this is one of those things where you get so wrapped up in this idea of the integrity of the game and everything that golf is supposed to be, and we all know that it isn't. And so, mm-hmm. you know, but and, and so rather than just continue with that mythology and line of BS, fundamentally, I, I, I don't know too much about the Hall of Fame other than it's basically a point system. It always struck me as weird that you could get in while you're still playing as opposed to baseball or the NFL things like right. that. But fundamentally, 
unless you can show me where in the Hall of Fame bylaws, procedures, policies, whatever you want to call it, there is a morals clause similar to what it has in baseball. <laughs> right. Un unless that section exists, and I don't believe that it does, being a shady, weaselly kind of Mickelson type, you know what? He, he played his way in, period. I can get that you don't like him. I, I don't particularly like him, but he played his way in, period, hard stop. Yeah. Unless there's some clause, unless they want to change the guidelines, the rules. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. But yeah. Yeah, I don't think you can kick him out. My bigger issue is if they're it's a slippery slope, right? If you want to open the morality door, then do we really want to go down that road and fully investigate everybody that's in there and or in Let's, there? And, yeah, and, and what do you just what then, type of behavior is permissible and what isn't? Because there are some very know. popular names that you would have to take a big mm -hmm. long look at. If and I, I don't expect actually, it would go well. Yeah. So I don't think you can, and I don't think you do. Yeah, unless there's a dead hooker adjacency clause. We got travel bags here, so I, mean, I haven't used this one yet, but I'm going to. It's a new travel you know, bag? I don't know what it is. It's, a, it's like a duffel that can expand into a travel bag, I think. It's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you told me about expands. that. It's duffel, and it expands. We may have a We Tried It coming on this. I think Connor yes. is, is working on it, because some of the travel gear is exceptional. I know that I it's, use it's it. Just, I, it's so You don't think out. about it, but they do innovative luggage. <laughs> I... Like in, I, like I said, I was going to say, this is one thing I, I really like about Stitch as a company is they think about the things I don't expect them to think about. Or it's like, oh, that's a nice touch. You that can be like, a double-edged sword. <laughs> it can be, but like you have these little buttons underneath, the contrast stitching on the little island. Like little things I, I appreciate they think about those things because I would not have said, oh, that's something I'm looking for in that particular product. So we'll post a little coupon code below. I think we'll call it Tony's not going to bet Nardi with me this week to use save 20%. No, <laughs> it'll be, it, is it? <laughs> yeah, it'll be a little easier than uh, that. But if you're so inclined, take a look, let us know what you find. Like we said, if you're interested, stick around for the after show. We're going to dive deeper into fairway wood testing percentages, things, all that kind of, kind of stuff. Questions, post them below. We're always happy to get to those if we possibly can. And as always, we out. But we'll be right back. And we're back, Tony. Let's dive into a little bit deeper. Dive a little deeper. Get on the scuba gear and go beneath the surface. Most wanted fairway wood stuff. Again, just quick recap, right? A couple tailor-made fairway woods in the top five. We had Ping, the G30 LST, the one people were waiting for a little bit. That was right in the middle of the top five at three, I believe. And then last year's winner, the LTDX from Cobra was this year's number four so consistently high performance a couple years in a row from that specific model and then maybe the surprise winner of it all maybe like you said maybe the surprise winner of all of most wanted testing so far this year the wilson so all that being said first thing i want to talk about we talked about this with the other categories of tests and how we weight different performance criteria when we're doing a test like this like you said we're looking at three woods which tend to be 15 degrees ish that's a stock three wood how about in terms of the performance characteristics break that down for me what are we looking for how do we weight that yeah i gotta pull it up uh let's see okay that's fair it's been a while right we, it has been a while so, all right here we go so forgiveness it's the metrics are very similar to how we do it with a driver so we have like that. Okay. i believe we use the straight shot percentage and the playable shot percentage that type of thing so setup mm -hmm. is fundamentally very similar to a driver Mm -hmm. and how we run the test as far as the weighting of the categories. So it's distance is 40%, accuracy is 40%, and then 20% of the score comes from forgiveness. Okay. Okay. And so that's interesting given that, again, I, with forgiveness being 
to still see more forgiving fairways rise to the top. And part of that is there's probably some correlation with accuracy. And again, with a category that's just inherently difficult to hit, I, I think you're just going to see the, these more forgiving or at least larger, more confidence inspiring, if you will. I don't know <laughs> how you want to phrase it. But those type of three woods rise to the top here. Yeah. So if, again, distance is pretty straightforward, right? But maybe it's worth reviewing just really quickly. What's the difference between accuracy and forgiveness in our criteria? And what does that mean? Because that doesn't necessarily, people go, oh, look, this one had X and that means forgiveness yeah, think, to me, but. I think there's maybe a disconnect or maybe too much of a connect in the way golfers <laughs> think about forgiveness as it relates to accuracy. And sometimes those get get used interchange. Like the, the club that goes the straightest is considered forgiving. And that it can be an element of forgiveness. It's not, that's why we have a separate accuracy kind of bucket off to the side, right? We look at that differently or in isolation. So our, our forgiveness metrics are consistency metrics. How consistent is the ball speed? Is or do are we see a huge range or are the, are the deltas pretty tight on that? Likewise, mm -hmm. the carry distances, are we that, that front to back? That's a metric golf companies use a lot. I think in Foresight Pro, for example, it's called range. How far is that, yeah. you know, that that delta from the shortest shot to the longest shot? So that's something we look mm -hmm. at. And I believe we look at, I think dispersion, kind of that elliptical pattern is also rolled into our forgiveness metrics. Yeah. Oh, I mean, so really. And I think we actually, we also look at spin consistency as well with a fairway. Loop. Or even spin consistency, as some might want to call it. I've heard that. Some might want to call thrown it. Thrown. Call it that, sure. Out there. All right. I have a hypothesis, and you're, tell me how ridiculous this maybe is. But if we have distance is 40%, and then we have accuracy as another 40%. And then 20% as our forgiveness metric or consistency of ball speed, launch, so on and so forth. Is it possible that, again, because we're dealing with smaller heads, right? We're not going to necessarily maybe get the same variation in ball speeds. Shorter clubs, maybe not see as much variation in accuracy, where it's like the forgiveness metric becomes a tiebreaker. So they're pretty close in category one and two. And I, I'm just trying to make sense of, like you said, we look at that whole chart and we see that first chunk is really more forgiving style fairway wood heads until, like you said, we get down to TSR three. TSR three, yeah. Um, really the first of the, and that's, that's not an unforgiving design by any stretch, but it's, it would no. certainly be kind of the, the first one that maybe crosses if there's a firm line between sort of speed or better player, however you want to classify that, and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That's maybe the first one that I think is clearly a, a foot over the line. Yeah. I'm just wondering if there's maybe something to that or not. I don't know, but made me think that. What do you make of Wilson? <laughs> yeah, like I said, really big shock. And, and again, it's one of those, it wasn't, I mean, it's maybe the textbook example of a perfect compromise fairway wood. So I'm just, I'm looking at the raw, the, our data here. And so, for example, ball speed, let me get a better sort on that or actually sort on that would be good. So we're sorted inversely. So ball speed, top 10, but not near the, not, not fighting one or two. For the, yeah. Yeah. Not fighting for the lead fourth. So solid. Mm -hmm. And again, I would say eyeballing statistical relationships, I would say, you know, in that second tier. Okay. Not super spinny by any stretch on the lower spin side, actually. So interesting given everything else we've talked about but still i wouldn't i wouldn't classify it as as low spin it's still you know sure. above three thousand. okay yeah and then again shot yeah. area right in the middle to upper like just kind of on the yeah. upper upper end of the chart consistent 
consistently, but I think it's one of those. And I'm sure you know, we talk about this, right? Everything or n- not everything, but a lot of clubs right. in a test are at least long for one golfer. Sure. Um, and so it, it may have been the absolute longest for someone, but what we see is just a constant, consistently in the top five or 10 for every metric, mm-hmm. sometimes a little better than that. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those where if you were walking into a hitting bay looking for the longest fairway, it might not get your attention. If you're looking sure. in isolation at which one you hit the straightest, maybe it's not the Wilson. Which one you think, whatever your interpretation of forgiveness is, because again, that one's, hey. that's how we do forgiveness. It's it's definitely not this thing where everybody agrees on, on the quantifiable formula that defines it, right. but it, right. it may not be top of your list for that either. And yet, like if, if you're trying to find something that checks all the boxes on balance, the data I'm looking at suggests that actually it does that really well. well so Yeah. And that's why you get right that type of result. Now, you mentioned that you're a TSR three guy in your three. 13 and a half too. 13 and a half. Mighty. Yeah. You have a lot of dynamic lofted impact. You're gifted in, in that regard. I, we test three woods. You mentioned, God, I would love to test five woods or seven woods separately. Why is that? Why should people maybe think about a five wood or a seven wood? differently than how they think about their three wood because aren't they all just fairway woods it, it ultimately depends on what you want from it what do you want like when yeah you're, i was gonna say using bad, myself yeah. as the example right i yeah the not, not to break any you know trademark copyrights etc but the three wood for me is primarily a mini driver okay. like i like that's how i think of it it's uh-huh it's i, I don't use it off the tee a ton I generally it's more of an off the fairway club for me which is why i prefer the three wood over an actual mini driver but for me that's a club that i like i want it to go as long as possible period. okay like it is basically it is i need to hit this yeah it's i want to try and get there from anywhere even if the math doesn't work <laughs> i'm still trying to get it the five wood <laughs> for me tends to be not. more of a more of a target club so that's why we've talked about this before like the cobra lineup where you can go from that what used to be the big tour right the larger mm-hmm. titleist has it with the tsr2 plus for example for me i just prefer the three to the two plus but kind of that that idea of a bomber fairway that you pair with something that is higher launching, higher flying, softer landing, more of a target club. Like okay. this is this is my two twenty five club, whatever that number happens to be for you. So that yeah. that may require a fundamentally different design, something again that mm-hmm. that spins more, that is higher flying, loft for loft. And then in the seven wood space for me, and again as a guy who the rare guy that carries three fairway woods. I, I just want it love to be stuff. high and straight. And I carry that because it takes a lot of that left and right out. It just like, mm-hmm. yeah, it gets up in the air sometimes higher than I want it to. And it spins mm-hmm. a lot, but it comes down soft and it mostly flies straight. So that's mm-hmm. fundamentally a different thing than, again, the, the TSR3. I don't want that to spin a lot. I want that to spin yeah. as little as I can and keep it in the air. Yeah, it's interesting. What Part of what I'm picking up on is, like I said, we have a fairway wood test. But the reality is... People should treat, again, every slot in their bag almost as its own equation that you're trying to solve. Okay, I want my driver to do X. It makes sense, right? People see driver, okay, optimize driver. Got it. But I almost think of fairway woods a little bit like wedges, where I want to pair them a little bit. Like I tend to, again, on my stock wedge setup, I tend to go with a higher bounce 56 and a lower bounce 60, just in general, whatever the grinds are. But that's the combination that I'm comfortable with. In my fairway woods, I like to go with, so I've, I found this in the garage. I want to bring it back in. You've seen that, Tony. You know what that is. One time I tried putting a lead tape on the inside of it just How'd to see go? what would happen. It, about as well as you would expect, yeah. 
This is one of my favorite fairway woods of all time. Like I said, so this is the King LTD where they have the spaceport. This was first one with really that kind of zero gravity idea or getting the CG right at the neutral axis. So it could really truly be a higher launching, lower spinning type of fairway wood. And Cobra's architecture hasn't strayed too far from that on at least one model in every lineup. Like he said, there was the big tour. And then like right now we have Aerojet LS, but they've all kind of are born of this type of fairway wood. So this is my fairway wood in my three wood that I really like because a lot of the courses, and this is more of a course setup thing than it is anything elsewhere. I need a three wood to be able to hit it off the tee. If I'm going for a par five and two, it's not with my three wood. It's going to be likely with my five wood. And so my five wood or my hybrid, I want something different out of. So I love having this type of a fairway wood in my three wood. So this would be like the TSR two plus, this would be the Cobra LTD, big mama jamma, something like that. And then, yeah. And then LST uh, is kind of in that vein a little bit. LST. And I have not hit the ping one yet, so I don't know how performance what I put in there. My five wood, I love that idea of a more of a tour head, if you will. It's just a big hybrid or a smaller fairway wood. It's that same space where maybe super hybrid utility wood, whatever yeah, you want to call it, right? Yeah. What you want to call it in there. And this wasn't that, that long ago, but when Cobra reintroduced some of that rail technology on a five wood, this had a lot to do with Ricky Fowler, had a lot to do with the second shot at Augusta national on 15, I think trying to get a club for a specific type of shot distance. But that is the one that I want to be able to launch high with not a ton of spin and have it hold on a green or reasonably close to a green. It's probably what I would hit off number three at McGregor. It's that type of a club for me. But really to think about them, think about them separately. So as much as we just test them as a single category, we really test them as three woods, not necessarily fairway woods inclusive. But we might get there. We might change that up. One day. I'd love to do more. Mm -hmm. We all would love to do more. And maybe we will sooner sooner rather than later. Why do you think, another question just on, on the fairway wood part, why do you think we tend to see this as a club, even when you look at really good players, that maybe if we took all 14 clubs and put them in order of how often better players switch them out, wedges might be one because they wear out the uh, driver technology, blah, blah, blah. I would almost guarantee you the very bottom of that list is fairway woods. Oh, I've said for a long time, if you find a fairway wood that not only you like, but you hit well, don't mess with it. It's, you know, it's uh, it's a difficult one to replace. I've been lucky this year going from TSI to TSR with the three wood. It's been awesome. Uh, maybe not as awesome with my other fairway ones. I think step forward with one, maybe small steps back with the other two. Mm-hmm. So it's newer is definitely, again, a lot of it is, a lot of the marketing is distance based and sometimes newer is longer. Sometimes it's it's not, but very often newer is just different, right? We just tweak this yeah. one thing or these two things and it may or may not work better for you. And yeah. In the fairway wood category where you're already, where a lot of golfers already struggle. If you've got one, you hit well, like why mess with it? And even on tour, you see, that's a place where you've seen some old ones win over the years. So without tour a doubt, players I mean, are, there was a time when like tour edge exotics, that was the deal. I remember Luke Donald, Brant Snedeker, that was a spot in the bag where they got a CBX and kept it in there forever. And it was that go-to and it's almost like, yes, there are technological advancements every year. So like ping G430, it is not the same as 425. That being said, these incremental changes in technology probably don't 
aren't more impactful than if you have one, like you said, that you hit well and you can hit it off the deck or you can hit it as needed or whatever the case is, like hold on to it. Use it, love it, don't lose don't lose it, and just hold on, hold on to that thing. Yeah, don't go looking for trouble. Don't go chasing waterfalls, Tony. Stick the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. That'd be my advice. That would be my advice. Do you have any other advice, Tony? No, not today. Nothing? No words no. to live by? Nothing like that? No, I just achieved my 200% movement goal by moving my arms. So. By sitting there? <laughs> That's, I know, I just got told to stand. Like, oh, Sending God. mixed messages. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, as always, Golf Spy T, Golf Spy C, find us on the interwebs. Ask us questions. Leave us some feedback. Let us know what you want us to talk about next week. Ball test, Tony. We're going to talk all about golfing ball testing and things. That's next week. Set your calendars and subscribe. All those things. We'll see you next time. We out.